We now return to Heading for Headship. In this episode, Claire and Adam are looking at how school leaders work with the whole school community. Hello, I'm Claire Savoy. And I'm Adam Hare. Welcome to Heading for Headship, the show that gives you access to the entire orchestra of school life. Think of us as your conductor. We've sharpened our baton and are ready to wave it about in order to manage the string, brass and windy sections of the everyday primary school. Claire and I are on stage to get every school instrument tuned up and keep every player on beat and up tempo, from the first violinist to the chap operating those big drums. Listen carefully and you'll see how all the sections play together in perfect harmony. And in this episode of Heading for Headship, we'll be listening to every member of the school community because we believe that they all deserve to be heard. So close your eyes and open your ears as we present the Concerto of the School Community. No school is an island. So said education guru Sir Ron Kenninson in his keynote delivered via Skype from his home in the Bahamas at the Chartered College of Leadership's annual conference earlier this year. He went on to say, as someone animated his talk using a black felt tip on massive paper, that successful schools are those that embrace their communities. This was echoed by the closing address by Dame Sally Nightingale, who said that school leaders are surrounded by passionate and committed members of the school community who are only too willing to help them improve schools for everyone, from the local artist to the lollipop lady man from the restaurateur just around the corner to the neighbour who just wants something done about all the dog mess. Everyone, she says, has a part to play in the success of a school. Even though a recent survey of head teachers showed that 97% of them just wanted everyone to leave them alone so they could get on with the job, we at HFHHQ believe that a school can be greater than the sum of its parts. That's why we've dedicated this episode to the school community. We'll be talking to leaders who are dab hands at working with their community and looking at how that strengthens their schools. First up, we join Jonathan Monckton, who is visiting Little Acorns Community Free School, where head teacher Marcus Howell enjoys an excellent relationship with his parent association. I'm here at Little Acorns Community Free School, where head teacher Marcus Howell is helping to set up the school hall for the monthly parents' association meeting. Little Acorns Community Free School was established two years ago on the site of Tiny Acorns Community School, after that was forced to close due to the opening of Mighty Acorns Academy half a mile down the road. Eighteen months later, and with Mighty Acorns Academy being converted into the Large Oak Academy Multi-Academy Trust, the local community campaigned to reopen Tiny Acorn Community School into Little Acorn Community Free School. The journey from Tiny Acorns to Little Acorns, via a brief detour of Mighty Acorns to Large Oaks, was recently documented by Michael Gove in a series of talks entitled This Was Exactly What I Had in Mind. Marcus Howell has been the head teacher for two years, and he was appointed by the then Chair of Governors and now Chair of the Parents' Association, Patty Bowler-Smythe. Patty is, she told me earlier, as known as she is loved and I can concur that everyone I've spoken to has certainly admitted to knowing her. I have been invited to be a fly on the wall during the planning and implementation of Little Acorns Community Free School Summer Fair, 
an event which everyone agrees is Patty's biggest of the year. Let's take a closer look. So are these chairs all right in a circle? Um, yes, I'm sure that's fine. Pardon, Clara? I said I'm sure that's fine. Uh, why are these chairs arranged this way? Oh, oh dear. Hi, Patty. This is fine, yeah? In a circle. Clara said it was fine. What did you say, Clara? I said it was fine. Pardon? I said it What's was... What's wrong with a circle? Circles are good for everyone, feeling equal and valued and... I've got nothing against circles, except that there should be one chair, the chair's chair, my chair, which is placed above the circle so that everyone can see me. I'm the chair. People need to see and hear me. I mean, how else am I expected to chair a meeting if my chair is indistinguishable from the others? Right. Is that better? Thank you, Marcus. I knew you'd understand. If only you could pass on your wisdom to our vice chair here, then everything would be fine. I don't really see how... Hello. Sorry I'm late. Slight communication problem back at base camp again. Robert, we don't all need to hear about your marital problems. Hi, Bob. Hi, Marcus. Clara, there's a lot of people waiting outside. Can we not just let them in? Patty thinks the waiting adds a sense of anticipation about the meeting. You what, love? I said Patty thinks that the waiting adds hey, a sense of... who's this? Ah, I'm Jonathan Monkton. I'm from Heading for Headship, and I've been asked to be a fly in the wall during the planning and implementation of Little Acorn Community Free School Summer Fair. All right, part of Patty's bid for world domination, eh? Um, no, actually, I think it was Marcus Hell who invited me. Actually, Jonathan, it was Patty. She thought it'd be good for the school's profile. Don't you mean her profile? Um, well, it is actually a programme for aspiring school leaders, not aspiring members of the PTA. Uh, Clara? <laughs> now you've done it, lad. Yes, Patty? Can you explain to this gentleman from the press that we are not a PTA? The Little Acorns Community Free School Parents Association is a parent-only registered charity. Uh, I'm awfully sorry, but... I can't actually hear a word you're saying. I think you might need to speak up. She said that this is a parents' association, not a parent-teacher association. Now, is everybody waiting outside? Like your obedient slaves, ma'am. Don't be vulgar, Robert. Clara, let them in. Jonathan, it, uh, it is Jonathan, isn't it? Jonathan Monkton, yes. I don't want to overstep my mark, Jonathan, but my advice would be to hang back and don't get too involved. Consider me a fly on the wall. Okay, but uh, be a quiet one, otherwise you'll get swatted. Everyone, please, everyone, quiet please. Excuse me. Excuse me, everyone. I think your vice chair wishes to get things moving. I hereby open this meeting of the Little Acorns Community Free School Parents Association. Please welcome our chair, Patty bowler Smythe. Thank you, Clara. Gosh, I think everyone heard you that time. Now, everyone, we're here to talk about the Summer Fair, an event I don't think I need remind you is the annual event of the school. Well, that might be pushing it a bit, Patty. But no, you're right. It is very important. Thank you, Marcus. Now, last year was an absolute triumph, but this year I want to go bigger and better. Uh, sorry, do you mind me asking about what last year's summer fair was like? It was inspired by the hit movie Titanic. Sorry, what was that? I thought I heard you say it was inspired by the film Titanic. Indeed it was, Mr Monkton. I see. And how, uh, I mean, what exactly, uh, why... Well, it was perfectly simple. We had the usual summer fair events, but set against a Titanic theme... The hall was decked out as an extravagant tea room which we staged on a tilting floor. 
We hired a giant paddling pool where children could mess about on large polystyrene icebergs. Mr. Howell was in the stocks as usual, where children could throw wet sponges at him. Right, I don't remember that happening in the film. I was down in the boiler room, locked in a cage, pretending to be an Irish third-class passenger with the wet sponges representing the rising water levels that would lead to my inevitable drowning. I see. And the raffle included the chance to win a sketch of Patty wearing nothing but an open nighty in a Heart of the Ocean necklace. Gosh, I see. That, uh, that must have been, uh something. Thank you, Mr Monkton. It certainly was. But this year, I want to go even bigger. This year, I want to embrace the natural world. Ah, oh, an environmentally friendly fair. That's great. No plastic, organic cake sales. We could have a cracking plant stall. I think this sounds great. That's not quite what I had in mind, Marcus. I mean, I want to bring the natural world to Little Acorns. I want Little Acorns to become a zoo for the day. Ooh. A zoo? A zoo, Marcus! I mean, obviously, we might not be able to get lions or tigers, but I'm sure we could get some penguins or baby monkeys. Imagine that, Marcus. Real monkeys on the monkey bars. Wouldn't that be a hoot? Um, I'm not sure about this. I have a friend who lives on a farm. I'm sure she'd loan us a cow and some goats. Like a petting zoo. That's the spirit. I don't know if we'd be able to get a licence for live animals on the site. Oh. oh, Clara, must you put a dampener on things? Or well, you could have animal face painting. You see, Clara, we've gone from lions to face painting. All because you insisted on talking. Sorry, Patty. Well, at least I won't be in the stocks. No, I've got plans for you, Marcus. Oh, bloody hell. Here it comes. Have you seen? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. What? I know a man who specialises in gourmet insect cuisine. Um, no. Think about it, Marcus. Kids pay 50p to see you eat a spider. I, I'm not doing it. Oh, come on, it would be a great money spinner. No. I think some parents would find that a little cruel. Thank you, Clara. Towards the bugs. Oh. Oh, Clara, don't be absurd. We could get children to decorate sticks as stick insects. You see, Clara, now we're decorating sticks. Please try to keep quiet. Patty, I'm putting my foot down on this one. We're not turning my school into a zoo and I'm not eating any bloody bugs. Your school, Marcus. Your school. May I remind you that we are a community school? Now, let's put my ideas to the vote. All in favour of penguins, say aye. 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 All in favour of a petting zoo. Aye. aye. All in favour of Marcus eating gourmet scorpions. Aye. aye. All in favour of face painting. Aye. Aye. And decorating sticks. Aye. You see, Mr Monkton, that's how we do things at Little Acorns. As the meeting draws to an end, I am struck by how head teacher Marcus Howell enabled the community to come together by appearing to oppose all of their ideas. His opposition has really galvanised the Parents' Association, and I am already looking forward visiting the school again on the day of their summer fair. And we'll return to Jonathan Monckton's Ahead in Headship report a little later in the programme. I'm joined now by retired head teacher Martha Clackles. Hello Claire. Martha, you were a head teacher for 45 years. 
Yes, I was, and I don't regret a single moment, although I can't say I miss it. All those assemblies and jigging about at the school disco. The day I was surrounded by a pack of year sixes, all high on sherbet dib-dabs and chanting the word floss, was the day that I thought, Martha, enough is enough. Now, as well as being a head teacher, you've served on numerous educational boards, been the most called-upon professional to the government's education select committees, and you were the star of Channel 5's documentary, Kids of Today, Scum of Tomorrow. I was. Although I didn't know that was the title when I agreed to it. They billed it as Clackle's Clever Kiddies, but you can't win with these TV types. It was the same when I was asked to advertise Tenor Lady. I thought I was going to be filmed on roller skates being pulled around by two small cockapoos, but there I was, waddling around Asda with saggy knickers. And in your distinguished career, Martha, you must have dealt with a variety of parental issues. Oh, I should cocoa. Great, because our phone lines are buzzing with calls from head teachers who want your advice about parental issues. And first, on line one, we have Thomas from Thornbury. Uh, hello, Claire. Hello, Martha. Hello, Thomas Mellov. What's your parental problem? Well, I've got a complaint from a parent because their daughter hasn't received a celebration certificate in assembly all year. I've tried saying that her daughter gets praise from the teacher regularly in class, but that doesn't seem to be pacifying... Thomas, the... let me stop you right there. This is a time when you've got to shape up or they'll be walking all over you like a cheap laminate flooring. And I don't care what they say, you can tell the difference. Our Noreen's got laid last year and I'm forever snagging my heels on it. Her hallway looks more like a colander than brushed walnut. And what actual advice can you give Thomas, Martha? Well, Claire, you've got to start by opening up a dialogue. It's no good just stating your case. You've got to coax them and help them see your point of view. My advice would be to invite them in over a cup of mellow birds and ask them if they've ever sat down and tried to have a conversation with their daughter. Because if they had, I'm sure they'd realise why she's not getting any certificates. I see. The number of times I've had to sit parents down and explain to them that the closest their child is going to get to being a prodigy is in the mosh pit at the Duck and Dive on Sing With The Stars karaoke night. And that's no bad thing. I once saw a Luther Vandross perform there who now runs his own key-cutting company in Nuneaton. I see. I'm not sure how my parents would feel if I spoke about their children in... Trust me, Thomas. The truth might sting, but it's the only way. Like cutting a baby's toenails. Don't worry about clippers. Just get in there and bite it off. Some strong advice. Do let us know how you get on, Thomas. And on line two, we have Mary from Salford. Mary. Oh, hello, Claire. Hello, Martha. I'm a huge fan. Well, isn't that sweet? Although I can't abide a sycophant. Shall we see who's on line three? Oh, well... Okay. Sorry, Mary. But I was just... On line three, we have Jeff from Pontypreeth. Jeff, are you there? I'm here, Claire. Are you there? Yes, and so is Martha. Do you have a question? Oh, yes. I have a question. Okay, Jeff. When you're ready. Now? If you wouldn't mind. Oh, okay. Martha, my name is Jeff, and I have a question about social media. My parents keep moaning about the school on Facebook, and it's doing my head in. Well, Geoffrey, this is a problem for lots of schools, but I must say you do sound like an easy target. My advice is threaten them with legal action. Go in strong and sue the person with the largest number of followers the minute they say something else about your funny voice. Oh, well, it's not really like that, Martha, if I'm honest. It's more that they disagree with every decision I make. Well, in that case, my advice is to fight fire with fire. Start taking the battle to them. I once had a parent who disagreed with the school uniform, saying it stifled children's creativity. 
So did I just sit there and complain? No, I did not. I tweeted a photo of what they wore during the school run and said that if wearing slingback leather heels with an apricot and diamante caftan was evidence of creativity, then the sooner we stifled it, the better. Do you think that will help, Jeff? Um, well, uh, I suppose I can give it a go. Great. Do let us know how you get on. And finally, we have Sally Yemen on the line. Sally, what do you want to ask Martha? Oh, hello. Yeah, I'd like to know how Martha deals with term time absence requests. Sally, how lovely of you to ring in. I think it's very important for the head teacher to be personally involved in any absence request. Do you mean in reviewing each case to make sure that it's genuine? In a way, Claire, yes. Well, I do personally review any supporting evidence the parents give me. No, I don't mean the evidence. I mean I get personally involved. I expect to be invited. Invited? Yes, Sally. I've always loved weddings and funerals. And as for term-time holidays, if it's an exceptional circumstance, then the parents shouldn't mind me tagging along for a few days to help out. That's quite a novel approach. Well, as my mother used to say, if something's worth doing, it's worth trying to get a holiday included. Now, I'd love to stay and chat, but I've got a school fate to open at four. I'm judging the tallest sunflower competition with Peter Andre, and last term he stiffed me on the free parking and I had to pay and display. Well, Martha, thank you very much. And now it's over to Adam, who's going to explore how governors work with senior leaders for the good of the whole school community. Thanks, Claire. Now, if a school is a human body, then is the head the head? Or are the governors the head? Or are the governors the head and the head the brains? Or are they both the eyes of the school body? Whatever the answer is, if there is one, the governing body is an important part of the school. In many ways, they are the heart of the school, which, come to think of it, probably means the head is the actual head. So it's vital that there is a good relationship between the head and the governors, otherwise the school body will keel over and, for want of a better word, stop living. To help us find out how governors and senior leaders work in perfect harmony, we've invited head teacher Tony Smarts, chair of governors John Brains, and parent governor Samantha Need to talk to us about governance. And the best thing is, they all belong to the same school, Hot Cross Primary School. What I'd like to do first, folks, if I may, is ask you all to sum up why you join the governing body in one minute. Head teacher Tony Smarts, let's start with you. When one thinks of a governing body, it is important to remember that the head teacher is himself or herself, depending on their gender, a governor as well. It's a bit like a football team, and I like to think of myself as a player manager. I not only lead from the sidelines, but I also get stuck into the match with all the other footballers, and afterwards we meet in the locker room and I hand out the oranges, whilst offering some post-match analysis as well. I an interruption, and the challenge comes from Chair of Governors John Brains. I've no idea what he's talking about. Yes, I'm sorry, Tony, but I've no idea what you're talking about either, so that's a correct challenge of deviation. John, you have 47 seconds remaining on why you are a governor. 
When I took over from my predecessor as chair of governors, she gave me some sound advice. John, she said, you must learn to be a brazier with a combination lock fastener, and by that she meant I must be a support and a challenge, which was lucky because the last time anyone got inside my bra was when I was being fitted for Widow Twanky at the Old Vic. Now, uh... An interruption by parent governor Samantha Need. Hesitation! It actually wasn't a hesitation. I was reminiscing. Well, I'm afraid that counts as a hesitation. And with 34 seconds on the subject of why you join the governing body, Samantha Need. I was asked by a number of mums and dads at Hot Cross Primary School if I would stand as parent governor, and even though I wasn't sure what the role entailed, I jumped at the chance, and why wouldn't I? What mater or pater wouldn't want to support their child's school by becoming a representative on the governing board? I like to think that I have brought my own special skills to the table on behalf of all children and not just my own. Oh, uh, Tony? Repetition. Uh, I don't think so. I can assure you that Samantha often trots out the line that she's acting on behalf of all children and not just her own, which we all know is absolute rubbish. That says maybe, but I'm afraid that's an incorrect challenge. So Samantha, you get an extra point, and with 18 seconds, the time is still with you. I joined the governing body because I thought I would be able to make a positive difference for all children in the school and not, as some of the comments on the school Facebook account claim, so I could guarantee my son's place in the school Christmas performance. John? Deviation. She's not meant to be talking about why she didn't join the governing body. That is very true. So, John, 17 seconds on why you became Chair of Governors. Before I became a chair of governors, I was vice chair, a loathsome role which involves doing all the jobs that nobody else could be bothered to do. No, the real power lies with the chair of governors, and that was what I craved. Power over the governors, power over the head. Tony? Repetition, as well as a frightening display of his true motives. I can't judge him on that, but he did definitely repeat the word power. Without hesitation, though. Yes, although a positive doesn't take away from the negative, so, Tony, the clock is with you. Eight seconds. I can't help but feel slightly fraudulent in this round because, of course, I didn't choose to be on the governing body. I was made to because I'm the head. My role is not, therefore, to work alongside governors for the good of the school, but to protect the school from this carnivorous bunch of egomaniacal busybodies. <laughs> And as the whistle blows, it's head teacher Tony Smarts who wins that round. The next topic is effective governance. John Brains, you have one minute. It is important to remember that governors are responsible for the strategic direction of the school and therefore must not become concerned with the operational features of school management, which is something we can trust the head teacher to manage, unlike strategic thinking, which would be like entrusting a monkey with a box of peanuts. Tony, you've challenged. Repetition of strategic, which not only is against the rules, but coming from him, also deeply ironic. Tony, the clock says 51 seconds. Effective governance, over to you. The word oxymoron is a figure of speech in which apparently contradictory terms appear in conjunction. An example of this would be effective governance. How anyone thinks that a self-elected panel of novices help run a school is beyond me. I've lost count the number of times I've failed to get through my head's report without one of these idiots asking me for the umpteenth time what children are eligible for free school meals. All of this this, quite frankly, leaves me speechless. 
correct, Samantha. Well, hesitation for starters. Hesitation is all I need. A correct challenge. Absolutely, I'm done. Well, with 35 seconds, Samantha, the topic is still effective governance. The reason why schools need governors is because otherwise they would be at the mercy of tin-pot despots, otherwise known as head teachers. These apparent professionals who respond to challenges if you're suggesting they sacrifice their firstborn as opposed to merely questioning why they felt the need to spend over £10,000 on their office refurb without consulting the finance committee. Chair of Governors John Brains, I'm not aware of a hesitation, repetition or deviation. Why the challenge? I just wanted to get in on the action. Oh, okay. Well, there's 17 seconds on the clock. The real secret to effective governance is the mutual understanding that none of it actually matters. The trick is to make sure that this fact never gets discussed during meetings. Far better to argue over trivial matters in the hope that when Ofsted turn up, we'll all be able to sing from the same hymn sheet so that we can carry on this charade tomorrow. And that brings us to the end of our game. Thank you to our guests for playing and looking at the scores. I can see that there are no winners. We now return to Jonathan Monkton's Ahead in Headship report, where he has returned to Little Acorns Community Free School on the day of their much-anticipated summer fair. I've returned to Little Acorns Community Free School, and today is the day of their annual summer fair, where every year... Head teacher Marcus Howell works in perfect partnership with the chair of the parent association, Patty Bowler-Smythe. Today is no exception, and I'm off to find out from Marcus how it's all going. And don't forget to pay a visit to the I'm a head teacher, so get me out of here tent, where Mr. Howell is chomping on a variety of exoskeletal creatures for your pleasure. Ah, Marcus, how's it going? Oh, Jonathan, hi. Um, not brilliantly. I've eaten about 40 grasshoppers, 16 cockroaches and a scorpion. It's only been 20 minutes. I see. And at times like this, do you reflect on how important it is for your community to see you joining in the fun? Uh, not really. At times like this, I tend to wonder what sort of community I serve. I mean... Just look at the queue of people waiting for their turn to force-feed me live insects. What do you notice? Uh, they're all smiling, safe in the knowledge that they're contributing to the greater good of the school. No, that's not it. You notice there isn't a single kid in sight. It's all disgruntled parents who want to see me suffer. Oh, I see. What does two pound get me, mate? Uh, two pounds? Uh, that'll get you three grasshoppers and a witchetty grub, or four spiders. I'll go for the grub and grasshoppers, please. Of course. Um, good lord. That's, uh, right. Well, uh, good luck, Marcus. Uh, oh, Gary, let's get out of here, quick. And over by the adventure playground, why not visit the penguins? They're not moving much and you can't touch them, but why not pay a pound and have your photo taken with the frigid Gary, can you see Patty anywhere? I thought she'd be here. Oh, hang on, there's that quiet one, Clara. Uh, Clara? Clara? Jonathan Monkton from Heading for Headship. Oh, hello, Jonathan. Have you seen Patty? She's riding around on an elephant. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. I thought you just said she was riding on top of an elephant. Yes, that's right. Oh. Oh no, I knew this would happen. It's raining. I see. Uh, what happens now? 
We've all got to go inside. Can you help me? We need to get those 15 sheep into class 2B. Right. Um, I'm not very good with live animals, but maybe the head teacher would be able to help. I don't think so. He's been admitted to hospital with an acute case of scorpion poisoning. I see. Well, come on then, Gary. We'll use the boom mic as a farmer's crook. That should work. Uh, we'll just stay in here for a bit, Gary, until the rain passes. Is that you, Clara? No, it's me, Jonathan Monkton, from Heading for Headship. Oh, hello, Jonathan. Hand me that money bag, would you? Of course. Uh, how much money do you think you've raised so far? That's difficult to say. It's all pound coins and pennies at the moment. And every time I complete a full count, Patty comes in asking for another float, which is a bit odd because I didn't think she was even running a stall. I see. Uh, would you happen to know where she is? I heard a rumour about an elephant. Oh, yes, our very own Queen of Sheba. Stick around here long enough and you'll probably run into her as she comes in to borrow yet more money. Was that an elephant I just heard? It did sound like it, didn't it? I wonder if... Quick! Patty's elephant just saw a child with their face painted as a giant mouse and has stampeded out of the main gates. Where's Patty? On the elephant. Sorry, what did you say? I thought you just said Patty was on the elephant. I did! Hurry! Jonathan, you stay here and look after the money. Right. Uh, well, Gary, I suggest we do our summing up piece and then call an Uber. Ready? Okay. Today has been a day to remember for all of the members of Little Acorns Community Free School. With his commitment to working alongside the Parents Association, Head Teacher Marcus Howell has demonstrated once again how important the word community is to a school. He is truly a courageous leader brave enough to be guided in a way that to the untrained eye may come across as overpowered by those in the community who have a vision which is often far removed from his own. By handing over the reins and allowing others to steer the elephant in the school, he is showing the world that he values community over his own dignity. And that is why he's a head in headship. Um, Gary, don't panic, but also don't move. There's a family of stick insects moving up your leg, and they don't look particularly happy. Thanks to Jonathan Monkton and his Ahead in Headship report. And that brings us to the end of our episode on community. We have just enough time to share some of our listeners' tweets. At Rebel Mum tweets, We enjoyed a fab hall in Dubai with Martha during our child sats week. Hashtag duty free. Hashtag clackles on tour. At Nice One Gov tweets to say, if only all Governor meetings lasted for just a minute. At RSPCA tweets, Following our investigation, we can report that, against the odds, no animals were harmed during Little Acorn's summer fair. And at Nick Gibb tweets, Head teachers getting stung by scorpions? Sounds like the perfect DfE initiative. Lol. And we've just time for the edgy weather. It's going to be a scorcher. So better work out that rotor for the solitary school fan. That's it from us. Thank you to everyone who's contributed to this episode. And do join us again next time. From everyone at the HFHHQ community, I'm Claire Savoy. I'm Adam Hare, and you are Heading for Headship. That was Heading for Headship, a brain production for nobody in particular. You can now subscribe to Heading for Headship on iTunes. Simply follow the link on their website at www.headingforheadship.com. Dot com.